Holy moly. Um, okay, so uh, yes, welcome to The Way this morning on your living room couch or phone or a car or wherever you're watching from. This is uh, overwhelming to me. I miss you guys like crazy. I believe this has been a, a crazy difficult week for, for me, and I know it has been for some of you just adjusting, right? And um, anyways, uh, I'm really excited to be with you guys. I don't know if you saw the video that's floating around about what a pastor's going to look like the first week they get back to church. And uh, we're going to be doing like laps around the church because we're going to be so excited. I am going to, let me rephrase it. I am just going to kiss everyone that walks in the door. So if the coronavirus is here, forget about it, man. You're all sharing it with me. You have to just spray me down with everything. Okay, here we go. Shut up, Tim. So anyways, um, we are finishing up the last week in the series, uh, This is the Way from uh, The Mandalorian. This is the way. This is the way. And uh, we've been going over four subjects. And so one, we said that th this is the heart of our church. This is what we believe. This is who we are. And this is really our vision for you amongst our church. One, uh, to, to know God. It's the most important thing ever that you know his voice, that you have relationship with God. Two, you find freedom. We believe that everyone might be struggling with something and we believe that there's freedom in Christ for you to overcome that scenario. Three uh, is, to, is to discover purpose. We believe that everyone here is called to do something. And we want you to know who God made you to be and, and to, be, to be equipped with the giftings to, to do that. And then the last is to, to, to make a difference. And so we're going to be talking about that, that today. And um, I, I believe that light shines brightest in the darkest places. And this is a dark hour for a lot of people that is in your demographic. And um, I believe that God wants to do something big in your life right now. So with that being said, we're talking about the life of Peter today and uh, how Peter relates to what God was trying to do in his life to equip him for something great. I have found myself to relate like Peter and as I socialize with the body of Christ, I have found that a lot of people feel ill-equipped to do what God is calling them to do, which is something great for someone in your world. So uh, Jesus would constantly be trying to reassure Peter and to remind him of the greatness that lies within him. And uh, today I want to remind you that you, do, you should know God. You need to find freedom. You should discover purpose. And God is calling you to make a difference. And he would say this again and again and again and again and again and again and again in scripture because we often forget about it. And I believe that the earth right now needs the gospel to shine like never before. Check this out. Jesus would say it this way in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. He would say it this way. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is it if salt has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. A city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a, a, a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I believe you want to speak. Would you help? Amen. 
I wonder how many times the apostles would hear that the disciples, that, that God wants to do something great in their life and that they're capable. I wonder how many times Jerusalem heard that there was something great about them and he wanted to do something great in their lives. And I wonder how many times we as the church have heard that we are great and God wants to do something great inside of us. Listen, the heart and the mission of our church is that we want to make disciples. Disciples of Jesus. And what's so important about this is as the church cannot meet right now, it's imperative that we understand that this is exactly with the hope of the gospel to be fulfilled. What I mean by that is that you are the church. And so what Jesus did is he essentially gave his spirit of himself and put it inside lots of people. And he spread them out throughout the earth. And he said, go be the light of the world. You are the light. I am the light of the world. No, you are the light of the world. It's awesome. And I can see through the life of Peter this ongoing scenario where he, he believes that there's something great he's called to do, and then he forgets it. And Jesus builds him up again, and then he forgets it. And it's almost like you're called to be the light of the world. Who, me? No, surely someone else is better at this than me right now. You're right. There may be. But it's your turn. I think of it like on a baseball team, you know, like there's two outs in the bottom of the ninth and, and it's your turn to bat. No, surely let's go with it. Nope, you're up. I'm going to talk to you about the life of Peter. Uh, I'm going to read to you from, from Luke chapter 5. But just before I get there, uh, I'm going to talk about a lot of events that happened in Peter's life. So actually not one, just about every major event in Peter's life I'm going to skim through today in this time. There's three uh, scenarios that is mentioned in Peter before this verse that I'm about to read to you. One, uh, Jesus, uh, Peter decided to follow Jesus to some level. He was curious about his teachings and really wanted to learn more. And so Peter decided to follow Jesus. The next time we hear about him is in Luke chapter 4, where Peter's mother-in-law is sick and Jesus comes to his mother-in-law's house, and he heals her. He raises her up, and then she decides to feed everyone in the house. I love that right now, right? The coronavirus, if, if, if Peter's mother-in-law's sick, look, anyone cooked but her, right? But hey, look, when Jesus heals you, you get healed, mind, body, and soul. And so she, she's up, she's cooking. She, and later that night, Peter, who had heard his teachings and decided to follow her, who had witnessed Jesus' miraculous power in his own home, watching his mother-in-law get healed, he went out fishing that night. And I don't know if you know much about Peter, but just about every time we see Peter, who was a fisherman, this was his trade and his profession, there's not a story that I know of where Peter actually was good at it. And so it's kind of funny that Jesus picked Peter to do great things. So after that night after he left uh, Peter's mom's house, he uh, went fishing all night long and didn't catch any fish. And in Luke chapter 5, we, we start over here, and uh, it's going to say in, in Luke 5, verse 5, Jesus tells Peter to set out the, the, the boats into the lake after he gets done teaching to the multitudes. And Peter looks over at him and he says, Jesus, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. And, and when they had done so, it, the scripture says they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began 
to break. So they had to signal to their partners in other boats to come help them. And they came and they filled both boats was so full that they began to sink. Let me just stop right there for one second. Think about this for a second. Light shines the brightest in the darkest areas. I believe that we are going to see more miracles than ever before right now in this hour. I'm not trying to be cute. I believe this and everything that I'm hearing amongst, amongst uh, the, the, the prophets of God right now that are speaking throughout all of the airwaves is that miracles are happening, miracles are happening, miracles are happening. But there is an obedience that's got to happen in your life. Jesus said, Peter, I know that you've been failing at this, but now I want you to go out and do it my way. And so whatever's been going on, however lack amount of miracles you saw all night long as you're trusting God to provide in your nets, when Jesus says, let down your nets, let them down. You had to call other people over because the nets were breaking. And then it says this in the next verse. He says, so when Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Stop there. And so I'm a sinful man. What Peter's up again and again inside of himself is that he keeps getting this vibe as I'm not good enough. And if I was to say it over your life that there's a call of God to do something great, you would probably have the same vibe that Peter had. Lord, not me, someone else. But Jesus had a prophetic word for Peter, and I believe it's the same word that he has for all of us. In verse 9, he says this, For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. Verse 10, so, 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 And so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee and Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And so they pulled their boats up on the shore and left everything that they had and they followed him. See, this was a different day in Peter's life because he went from going to just hearing Jesus' teachings to saying, I'm abandoning everything. Like, I'm not just interested anymore, Jesus. Now I've got nothing else. And some of you are in a scenario right now where you may have felt like you've lost your job and you may have been an onlooker to Jesus. There's something happening right now where you know that God's calling you and you've got to abandon some things. Hmm. I think about Peter. From now on, you'll fish for people. All night long, how he must have resented fishing. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're fishing or just done something repetitively and got nothing and tried, and tried, and a new prayer, but when you're fishing, you're praying. Even atheists are praying when they're fishing. <laughs> they're thinking, oh God, let this be one. Oh God, let this be one. And what happens when you're catching nothing over and over again, and Jesus gives him a new assignment, and everything inside of him says, oh God, I want to do great things, Lord. I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. And when Jesus says, you're going to fish for people, I'm all in. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 would say this way, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Not of your, not of, not, this is not from yourselves, but it is a gift from God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let me stop right. Let me show you this real quick. For we are God's handiwork, 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God designed you to make a difference, which he prepared in advance for us to do long ago. And what, I, what you need to understand by this, God is saying to you is that you were designed to make a difference. You were designed for this very hour. When everything is going wrong in everyone's lives around you, you were made for this moment to make a difference. You were designed for good works, for God's kingdom. And this was Peter, designed to do great things. As it would go on from here, some of the next big things that, that Peter would witness, he would be there when Jesus would raise a little dead girl from the dead. What? Peter, in the next scene then, would watch Jesus walk on water as he would be the only one courageous enough to get out of the boat and walk on water also. Not for long, mind you, but he did. Peter would see miraculous things after miraculous things after miraculous things. And in John chapter 6, verse 66, oddly enough, 666, uh, the, the, the scripture says, From that time many disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Jesus was teaching about communion. And in verse 67, then Jesus turned to the disciples and he said, Are you going to leave also? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? For you have the words to give eternal life. You, we believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. L let me say something. I, I don't know if you could define what it looks like to make a difference. I, I looked it up this week. And to make a difference would be to change the course of life in someone's uh, uh, life. To, to change the course or the path or interrupt it in such a way that... that that it alters the rest of their life. Well, as I see this verse happening here, I see Jesus talking about hope. Like Jesus is like, hey, look, a lot of people are leaving right now. How about you? And what I love is the hopelessness and the reality of what I know is that stock, finances, 401k, CDC, President Trump, the Democrats, the Republicans, no one, not even hand sanitizer, is going to save me right now. Lord, where else am I going to go? Because you're the only one that can save my soul. And so I, I, I would venture to say here, and as I'm looking at this, um, Tim Tebow said it this way. I'm sorry, let me back up for a second. I heard some cool quotes this week about people, other people that wanted to make a difference. Uh, it was Lady Gaga. <laughs> can't believe I'm quoting Lady Gaga at church. Lady Gaga, who said it this way, if, if you were to ask me what I want to do, I don't want to be a celebrity. I want to make a difference. I, I don't want to make money. I want to make a difference. And so I get that vibe that inside a lot of us, there's a desire inside of us that wants to make a difference. We want to be great. We want to do great things. Tim Tebow said it this way, though. He said, regardless of whatever I do, I know my purpose is to make a difference in people's lives for eternity. When Peter looked over at Jesus and said, where else are we going to go? You alone hold the words. I believe there is a difference in, make, in making a difference in someone's life. Because we can make a little difference of kindness or good things. But when Jesus' name is brought into the equation, it changes the trajectory of everything. 
what I mean by that is that uh, I might give you hope for your situation, but if I intervene and give you hope in Jesus' name, it can give you hope, not just for the rest of your life, but for eternity. And the way that like Peter sets the tone, like, Lord, where else are we going to go? That reality that he had when he understood that Jesus was Lord changed everything. So as we would go on, then we see that Jesus is trying to build Peter up again. And uh, we see Jesus then rebukes Peter just verses later and, and has to remind, he calls the devil out of him. Jesus, Peter is trying to tell Jesus, Lord, you're never going to die. You're always going to live. And uh, I, I think about that right now as me as a follower of Jesus, just as a disciple of Jesus, just like Peter, I don't know what God's doing. And I can try to guess, but I, I don't know. I don't know when this is going to be over. I don't know how long we're going to be separate. I don't know what's going on. And, and to some level, I want to like tell God what he's going to do. And that's the reality of like following God in this season. God rebukes Peter and, uh, and he, it's, he, he, says, he calls the devil out of him, which is really crazy. And you got to feel like, man, I missed it again, God. If I'm following you, why is it that I always have it wrong uh, I, what I realize is I'm married, and uh, no matter how I, I, I tell what my wife what I think she's going to think, she's always thinking something different, and that's the way a relationship is. We give people the opportunity to be themselves. Well, the Lord is going to do something different in our life than what we think he's going to do. Well, so Peter got it wrong, and he's the one who's supposed to be getting it right, and I think some of us feel like we get it wrong, and now we can't make a difference. Well, I see this again as uh, that Peter would have this awesome miracle as he sees Jesus transfiguring in prayer. Peter's witnessing Jesus pray so hard he's sweating blood. Peter also witnesses Jesus in prayer and Moses and Elijah come down from heaven and are standing before him. He knows who Jesus is. You would think that when Jesus looks at him and says, you're going to be great, Peter, he would believe that but he doesn't. Later, Peter sleeps through prayer. Later, Peter would get so mad at someone that he would take his sword and try to swing it at their face in order to protect Jesus, only to miss and cut off someone's ear. You got to wonder if that made him feel like a failure. God, where, why I wasn't loving. I wasn't being kind enough. I wasn't being gracious enough. Or I didn't defend you enough. then we, we would go on to see Peter then denying Jesus. I can't do this, God, what you're calling me to do. I can't do this, God, what you're calling me to do. I can't do this, God, what you're calling me to do. I can't walk on water. I can't defend you. I, 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 I get angry. I sleep through prayer. I, I, I deny you when I'm supposed to stand up for you. Peter is sinking and sinking and sinking in his identity, and God is calling him to arise, 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 arise. Next, we see Peter encountering Jesus at the resurrection. And just after Peter sees Jesus resurrected from the grave, the next time we see Peter, he's fishing again. And he sucks at it yet again. And I don't know why, but every time we see Peter, we see someone failing to do what it is that they love to do. He's fishing all night long again, catching no fish. And Peter sees Jesus on the shore, realizes that it's him. Jesus says, hey, look, cast your nets. They fill up with fish. He knows it's Jesus. He jumps in the water, swims all the way to shore, 
and they have this moment together. Now, the last time that Jesus looked at him with purpose, Peter denied Jesus. But this time, Jesus is looking at Peter saying again, hey, look, I'm telling you what your identity is. It's not just to work. It's not just to fish. It's not just to provide for your family. It's not just to be a father. It's not just to be a friend or a mother or a companion or like it's not. You're called to make a difference. And so Jesus looks at him and he says this in John chapter 21. Then after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know that I love you. Then I want you to feed my lambs. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. Why would Jesus ask the question again and again and again? He knows that you love him. He knows what's in your heart. Because you struggle with the same thing that I struggle with. Feeling like we're good enough to represent the God of the galaxies. And he's trying to say, listen, I'm not asking you to go to work tomorrow. I'm not asking you to know what I'm doing. I'm not asking you to understand how I created the galaxies, the stars, or your DNA. I'm asking you to feed my sheep. I'm asking you to go tell the world that I love them. Will you do that? Yes, you know that I will. Then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I do. Then make a difference. Do you love me? You know I do, Lord. Then make a difference. Do you love me? You know I do. Then make a difference. And so I would call to the lukewarm places in our life right now that wants to shrink back and just be in our own house. But Jesus would say, I, you don't light a, uh, a candle and put it inside a house, lock all the doors and lock everything down. And like he looked at the light of the world, you lift it up and you tell everyone. So here's the hope of discipleship. The next time we would find Peter now is in prayer, seeking God. And I want to remind you, listen, I have, my mind has ran in a lot of directions this week. And here's the only thing that's true. Not what the government or the world or China or anyone else is doing. The only thing that's true is what we're going to find here in this word. Please, as a disciple of Jesus, read your Bible. Please read your Bible. Join with me in Acts as I'm reading today, Acts chapter 7. And tomorrow I'll read Acts chapter 8. And watch the miracles of the Holy Spirit moving. The next time we see Peter, we see him in prayer. Crying out to God. Because if you're going to be a disciple, here's what I love. When the church is closed, it's open when the Holy Spirit lives in you. Because the design of Jesus with the known church was that he would pour out his spirit into his disciples and he would live in and through you and he would make a difference in and through you. If you're willing to be the light of the world, he can do miracles in and around in a scenario where people are in need of hope right now. 
Make a difference. So Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. And he began to speak and lead and direct and teach others about the love of God, all with the church being closed. He went from house to house and he shared the gospel. As I'm thinking about um, what's important right now, what, what does it look like to make a difference? I, I, don't, I don't think um, making a difference is really as big as we would think. Mother Teresa said it this way, if you cannot feed 100 people, then just feed one. There was an old story that I heard a long time ago, and it stuck with me through the years, about a beach and, and, um, and starfish that had washed up on shore. And uh, it said that there was uh, this beach that was just covered in thousands of starfish. And this man was walking along, and he saw all these starfish, and it broke his heart. And he's thinking, man, i got to save these starfish. And he would grab a starfish and throw it in the ocean as far as he could to make sure that it stayed out there. And then he would grab another one, and he would throw another one, and he'd start to get frantic, picking up starfish and throwing them as far as he can, picking up starfish and throwing them as far as he can. And someone else saw this guy, and he said, man, what are you doing? There's thousands of starfish. There's no way you're going to be able to save all these starfish. He said, you're right. But it'd sure make a big difference in the life of this one right here, won't it? Here's what I know. The whole world's dark. What if you can reach one person with hope that they would learn who to turn to in a scenario where their finances fail them, their health may fail them, the doctors may fail them, but they, you can teach them how to walk with a God that will lead them, not just through these dark times, but into eternity. Man, that's power. What if you can make a difference in the life of one person I don't know who it was that made a difference in your life eternally. Mine was Patsy. I'll never forget when Patsy walked into my life and he acted like a father and he, sh he led me into truth. For you, it, it may, I don't know who it is. It could be your father, it could be your cousin, it could be your uncle, but there's someone that made a world of difference in your life. I know that there's a lot of people that are broken right now, that are scared, that are asking a lot of questions that you may not have the answers for. But if you know the one that does have the answers, it'd make a world of difference in their life, an eternal difference in their life. Here's what I'm going to ask you. In this life, we can't always do great things, but we can do a lot of small things with great love. In the link below, I'm going to have um, a, a graphic. I'm going to encourage you to download this graphic and print it out. What we're asking you to do is to do a lot of small things, to do some powerful things. You're going to see a graphic. It looks like this. And um, on it is just an invitation card to your neighborhood. When your church isn't open and they can't come to me, they can go to you. I believe that this is a time like never before to give, like never before to be generous, like never before to declare that God still heals. Even if you've never seen a miracle, this is the greatest opportunity. I'm telling you, as a follower of Jesus, God is moving. I'm curious, if you right now you have kids, if you would draw pictures for people right now and pass them out in your neighborhood, do little things to let people know that, that there is still hope and that God is alive, and that God cares, 
And there is no wrong word right now, but make sure whatever it is we say is simple and short. And so we're giving out cards that we want our neighborhood to know that they can go to you and find hope. They can go to you and find help. They can go to you for prayer. And uh, we think it can make a world of difference in someone's life. The vision of our church is that we would raise up disciples to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and make a difference. And I know that as I'm saying this, some of you right now are getting queasy on your chair thinking, I can't do that. And I know that if I was to look at any of the 12 disciples, I would have picked anyone but Peter. Lousy fisherman. It looks like he can't even swim, not to mention walk on water. And Jesus had to pick, pick him out of the water. Temper problems, always getting theology wrong. It was like he was the least of these. And God said he was perfect. Your weakness is perfect in God's strength. And he has called you by name to make a, an eternal difference in the lives of the people around you. The world right now needs leaders needs Christ followers. And I'm begging you, as a co-follower of Christ, to stand up for Jesus right now. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Would you guys come? I believe that there's some people uh, sitting right now, right here, that are watching. And, and you would say, uh, you don't even know if you're right for God. Not to mention you want to make a difference. I know you want to make a difference, but you just don't feel like your life is right with God. You don't feel like a disciple. You don't even feel like a follower of God. You feel like you've missed the mark. Nope. I'm telling you, at myself, and as I look at these, these disciples, they got it wrong, they got it wrong, they got it wrong, they got it wrong. They were just right. In my life, I've gotten it wrong, I've gotten it wrong, I've gotten it wrong, I've gotten it wrong. And somehow, I've been just right for God's calling. If you've gotten it wrong, and you feel like you're not right with God, know that He is, you are His craftsmanship. He designed you long ago to do great things for His kingdom. And God has a plan for your life. And it starts with you surrendering your life to Jesus. With every head bowed right now and every eye closed, I'm asking you right now, if you would say you're not right with the Lord, let's change that right now. All it looks like is we say, God, I'm sorry. I've done wrong things. Would you forgive me? There's, there's maybe a button on the screen right now that you can say, I, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. You can do it in the comments right now on YouTube. But follow along with me. If you're here today and you want to get right with God, let's not wait another minute, man. Let's go out there and make a difference. We were called for this moment in time right now. There has never been a greater need for the church to rise up than like right now. And if that's you and I'm talking to you right now and you're ready to get your life right, would you just say this prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, Lord, I'm sorry. God, I want to live for you. I keep getting in the way, God, I'm sorry. Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, would you cleanse me? Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? Would you forgive me? Would you make me new, God? Would you change me? I want to be like you. I want my life to count. And I surrender my life to you, Lord. Do whatever you want to do. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You guys have a song. Maybe we can just take a moment this morning. Can't go back to the beginning. Can't control what tomorrow will bring. Wow. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promised to be. Wow.
close this time, I, I, I'm praying right now, and I, I just keep, man, I prophetically keep seeing people crying themselves to sleep at night, and I feel like it's happening in our neighborhoods. When people know hopelessness, and we possess hope, they're crying for a life jacket, and we've got six of them in our boat. We got to give them out. We gotta let them know. If there's ever been a time for the church to be generous, it's now. I'm so thankful that this week we were able to give away 100 pizzas, and this week uh, we're gonna, man, we're gonna bless the the the, the front line, man, the, the nurses and the doctors working the ERs right now that are overwhelmed. We're gonna be a blessing. There are other people, and so I know that you have resources, and most of the people will say, "I don't need anything." It's okay. But let them know who to turn to. Let them, like, it'll be terrifying on the inside. You'll be like, I can't do that. You can. You are called to. You are called to be a fisher of men. You are the rock in which he will build his church. And the gates of hell would not prevail against it. It's in you. Like, it's not the Way Community Church. It's Trent and Steve and and Cassandra. and Like, it's you. God's called you to do great things. He's given you his Holy Spirit that you would walk in that authority. Now let your light shine. I know you want to make a difference. We're just looking for one. So thankful for this time. And uh, it's weird for me and awkward. And I feel weird talking to a camera. But I, I, I miss you guys like crazy. And I'm, I can't wait for the moment we get back together again. But I... I do know that God's moving right now. And if there's, I feel like this is to our advantage that we're uncomfortable. That we have to do it this way so that you realize that you have a job to do just as I. You are somebody's pastor this week. I, I, I can't lay that on you enough. I need you to reach the lost in your neighborhood this week. You ain't got to save them. But you got to tell them that he reigns. This week, we're going to be putting stuff out all over Facebook. Uh, we got a lot of posts we're doing. Uh, one of them is next week's series that we're starting the week prior to Easter. I'm going to need your help with it. Comment on it and then share it. Comment on it and share it. I'm going to need everyone to comment on this post about next week's series. It's going to be huge. We want to reach like 150 comments if possible. Help me with it. The next thing is um, uh, uh, don't forget to give, man, the, whatever. But um, today... Uh, before we leave, uh, if you would take out your phones and help us with attendance, uh, it's the way four. This, way, this is the way four is today's message. And um, I love you guys. I miss you like crazy. This will get better um, as we, it's weird for me. I miss you. I just want to give you a hug. But um, air hug, awkward. Can we close like this? No. No, we won't. I love you guys. God bless. Not for a minute.